And so finally I had one viewer and I was super excited. I was like, mm -hmm. I was like, oh man, electric skateboard. Thanks for being here, man. I hope you're doing well. And then like a month later, some I was talking to I was talking to, to, to <laughs> someone else who had joined in chat and I was talking to a, an electric skateboard. And someone else comes in, and he goes, Who are you talking to? I'm like, electric skateboard. And he's like, you, you know that's a bot, right? <laughs> so I've, I've been streaming for a month <laughs> to a bot electric skateboard who was over here collecting my data for twitch and i'm talking to him for eight hours a day and so at this point i'm just so defeated that i've been talking to a bot that i quit streaming for a month <laughs> I'm like it's over like my career is over we're not doing this no more i can't be here Welcome, guys. Welcome to another episode of the GWC podcast. Thank you all for showing up today. I hope you all had a beautiful weekend, a great weekend and um, a great time. My name is Mizzy No Name. I always forget to introduce myself. And tonight, it's my honor to have Fireborn here with me, a full-time tattoo artist and full-time streamer. Welcome, Fire. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. Can't can't complain. Uh, oh, ch chat. By the way, how are you doing, guys? I hope you are all right. I hope you're good. Wait, who's here? Let me check quick. Booken is here. Screamer, guys, amazing. Mm -hmm. Cylon, how are you doing, guys? As always, this is not only a conversation. Flagfire is here, guys. Unbelievable. So this is not only a conversation between me here and Fire tonight. If you guys have any questions, just bring them up in chat. We will pick them up whenever we have time for. Um, but I guess let's just jump in there, Fire. Um, okay. How, how do you do that? Like how many hours do you work like per week? If I can just start there because we had that before a little bit. Right. So per week. So my Tuesday through Saturday, it's 9 a.m. till about uh, at least on the actual stream is about 10 p.m. So 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. So that's 13 hours. And I usually have a couple more after that. So about somewhere around 15 hours a day, uh, Tuesday through Saturday. And then usually about four on Sundays and Mondays. So okay. way too many. That's what, 65 plus eight. So somewhere around 72-ish hours a week. About 72, yeah. Do you ever feel out of energy? Like, I mean, isn't it like uh, tough to keep up with that? Like, was not a break? uh yeah it's it's tiring it's tiring um it's one of those things though that like the moment i start either one of them i'm wide awake but the moment i stop doing anything i can fall asleep wherever i'm at okay. so i'm notorious um especially <laughs> uh flack and broken have seen me do this in in person which <laughs> is at events i will sit down in a chair and be asleep in a minute and then everybody like just trolls me until until it's time to do something i'm awake again i could never do that i wish i could do that i wish like i could do just you know lay down and i i try that even at home i can't do that like that's just having a nap quick is doesn't work for me if i sleep i sleep 
<laughs> my my wife despises me for it because I can literally just come up, lay down, be asleep, and she's like, "I've been trying to sleep for an hour. I'm still awake, and you're asleep. You're snoring now." I'm like, I'm sorry. That's what I do. Okay, I I, I was about to ask like, how what do you do to get back, you know, your energy? But I guess you just answered that. Yeah, I micro nap and then I consume way too many caffeinated beverages, probably oh, more than oh, I yeah. should. Yeah. Oh, right. I see. Yeah. And your stream when you're streaming, you you drink a lot of energy drinks, right? I drink I drink a lot of this stuff, um, especially in the mornings uh, from a company called Live Evolved, mm -hmm. and they they sell a a product called a, a nootropic, which is a brain stimulant instead of a body stimulant. So, uh, it's it's less less of an energy drink most of the time and more of a like a, a focus drink. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's um, interesting. Yeah, and I do that because it helps me it helps me be able to like work throughout the day without like jitters and stuff that you would mm -hmm. normally deal with from a lot of like caffeinated beverages. Okay. So I usually do I usually do that in the morning and then I work my way into like a coffee or an energy drink into the afternoon. And then I have like one more somewhere in there. But even two is like is like too too many for most people. So well, interesting how you will do. I mean, you have a baby on the way, right? I do. Yeah, I've got that one coming in June. Are you excited? I am. Yeah, I I, I try to work everything uh, logical steps. Before I ever started doing any of this, I went to school for biochemical engineering. So my brain is very scientific. So I always try to complete like one step at a time. And so I try not to get too far ahead of myself. So I'm I'm pretty tempered on excitement on things until, you know, each little individual step comes along. Hmm. Interesting. Um, Bosch, actually, you know, Bosch, he sent me a question for you about uh, okay. babysitting. He said, like, obviously, your lives are about to change in the most amazing ways. But what are you mm -hmm. not looking forward to? And what are you most looking forward to? Do you guys have a plan basically balancing life to doing streaming or whatever you're going to play it by ear? So what am I? So the, the thing least looking forward to is poop. It's just everywhere. I mean, I know it has to be everywhere at this point. It's not I've seen, everywhere. <laughs> I've seen so many, so many videos and so many posts and so poop, poop, poop. You know, um, there's a there's a sign in a or there's a part in a movie where it's like, is that poop or chocolate? Poop, poop or chocolate? And you don't and and so that's that's all, all that goes through my head. It's like it's 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 poop. Everything's just poop at this point. Um, you had to watch uh, too many videos. <laughs> yeah, right. And then. Um, and then the exciting uh, part is um, uh, it's never one of those things that I had really ever sat down and thought, hey, this is something I'm going to do. I'd always been pretty, pretty open to if I have a kid, I have a kid. If I don't have a kid, I don't have a kid. And uh, I'd always told myself, even through my like youngest years, that it was always pretty much up to whatever my partner wanted. Um, mm -hmm. And so I've always been pretty open to it. So it's it's giving this whole situation is just giving me like um, new new possibilities for things I can do in life. So that's always that's always quite cool bush. to me. <laughs> be quite so <laughs> I would say the biggest thing for me is going to be the ability to try to raise somebody that I think could better the world around them, mm -hmm. uh, as I try to aim to do the same. So. I just uh, I just want to be able to be a positive influence, and I actually get like a hands on with like one person. I get a chance on that, so mm -hmm. pretty fun. De yeah, definitely, definitely fun. Do you feel like you're prepared for it, like um, uh, mentally? So 
my answer gets to be yes. So while I know internally the answer is probably no, because how do you prepare for something you've never done? Exactly. Um, so I'm going into it uh, preparing to be unprepared. And so I think in terms that means I'm prepared to not know what's going on. <laughs> that's that's a that's the right way to go. I mean, yeah. you just have to know something will come <laughs> and <Right. they'll> react. <laughs> I imagine I will make lots of mistakes mm -hmm. and then I'll be made fun of it you know, in, in the future. And as long as they walk around with minimal disorders from what I, what I've done to them, I, I will be happy with it. So no, definitely. Yeah. You will be fine. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, can, can I, can we go back a little, like, um, can you give me a little bit of a, like walk us through your life a little bit, how you get started with as a tattoo artist and, okay. um, maybe later we do then the streaming part. Okay. Yeah. So, as I was saying earlier, I went to school originally for biochemical engineering. Um, mm -hmm. I was I was going to a local community college with a already a transfer agreement with the University of Tennessee, which has a good engineering and chemical engineering uh, department. Uh, so I was already ready to be doing all that. That was going to be my life. No questions asked. I just dove all the way into it, and I did my my entire first semester. And by the end of it. I don't think I was able to maintain any information anymore. Like my brain was 100% fried. I was, uh, I was just completely destroyed. It was just awful. It was, it was so, it was so much stuff that didn't make me happy. And that was one of the biggest thing. It was probably one of the larger defining moments in my life for what I've, what I've done ever since then. Mm -hmm. uh, my, my entire life around me changed in a six month period of doing all that. Um, I, I had, I had this idea of what my, what my dream job was going to be. I had my idea of who, who I was going to be married to. I had my idea of what I was going to be doing for the foreseeable future, how I was going to handle my life and all of that, all of it no longer, all of it no longer made me happy. Of course I did have like the falling out with the, with the girl that I was talking to at the moment and all of that. And um, before that I had, already i was like i'm not doing this chemical engineering stuff it makes me miserable i hate everyone was of that it. like what year um oh man i've been tattooing for 13 years so it have been a it would have been about almost 14 years ago mm -hmm. so i have no idea anymore i don't even know how to add up, how to add up time uh it would have been like 2000 what seven is that mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. can i do math anymore <laughs> i think <laughs> that's right years. Yeah, I've been, been about that. Uh, and so uh, I just woke up one morning. I was like, I'm miserable. I was like, I hate doing all of this. So I went to my guidance counselor. I'm like, I'm changing my degree to art. And they're like, You're, you, you don't want to do this anymore? I'm like, no, no, I don't want to do any of this anymore. So I changed my degree. I was going to be, I was going to school to be an art teacher. And at the time, I... <laughs> At the time, I was getting tattooed uh, because, as irony goes, uh, one of my largest fears in the world is needles. And so yeah. I started trying to try to get past that fear of needles. You know, you can only, you know, you don't only be the kid on the fire truck crying at the doctor's office at 18 for so long. And so you just you just can't be afraid of every shot that you ever get. I still am. I'm terrified. But so I was getting tattooed. I had changed my degree to be an art teacher is what I was going to end up being. And 
finally one day the guy I was getting tattooed by, he was like, I would really love to teach somebody how to do this stuff. And I thought to myself, I'm going to be broke um, as an art teacher. I was like, I might as well be broke as a, as a tattoo artist on my own time. Mm-hmm. So I, I, find, I was like, yeah, I'd love to do it. And he's like, no, you don't want to do it. And then, so then it took me another like six months before he finally was like, yeah, sure, we'll teach you. <laughs> and so uh, I was still going to school. I finished my associates of art, which is the highest you can get and still be employable as an art teacher in mm-hmm. the States for the most part. Otherwise, you have to go to like collegiate level because apparently knowing too much is worth too much. I don't know. Um, so how do you mean uh, that? Uh, so if you have anything higher than an associates of arts, you're mm-hmm. considered overqualified mm-hmm, I for see. most high school and middle school mm-hmm. and elementary school stuff. So you can't, you can't do it. And so they're like, you know, too much stuff, go work somewhere else. And mm-hmm. so then you're un- unemployable because they can't afford you at that point. Um, but yeah. And so then I just, I just started tattooing. Um, and it was great. It ter- it was terrifying. Okay. hundred percent. The most, the scariest job I've ever done in my life is tattooing, uh, which mm-hmm. is probably why I like to do it so much. It, it is not, it was, but you, but you don't feel the same way anymore, right? You oh, know? every day, every day is so, terrifying. Yeah. All right. You get, you get one shot, you get one shot on everything you do, you know, did you have ever like uh, did some uh, d- did a piece and um, the person didn't like it? No, I've actually never had someone be like, "I don't like this." Now that I've had a few where like, "Can we adjust this or can we do that?" And that just comes down to artistic differences. But mm-hmm. all of that stuff's easy to change. Um, that is a that is a constant fear though. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my largest fear though, and you, I, I I'll wake up in like night sweats over the idea of it is that someone gives me something spelled wrong, because. Mm-hmm. There's no way to go back and fix that. Once once it's wrote wrong, it's it's wrong. It's done. And it's always in different languages too, because obviously I can read like Arabic. Mm-hmm. I can't. Like I can't yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so they're like, yeah, this is whatever they want it to be. And I'm like, um, you better know. <laughs> Cause I don't. I don't know what it says. So how, how do you deal with anxious clients? Like when they are free? Or are they even afraid of everyone who's coming in? Like, yeah, let's let's do it. Um I would say that probably 20% of my clientele are, are overly anxious. I do a hmm. whole lot of first-time clientele, a lot. Okay. Uh, I even have other artists who send people to me specifically first for first-time clients. Um, I have I have very good bedside, bedside manner um, from years of being uh, – I was a McDonald's manager when I was, mm-hmm. when I was 16. I was so about 16 to ask him. Yeah. yeah. And then I was a server and bartender until I was about 21. About mm-hmm. the time I was still actually serving bartending while I was learning to tattoo. And so learning how to talk to people and talk them through things has always been pretty easy. Um, you'll never have anybody harder to talk to than a drunk person. So mm-hmm. once you can talk through dunk, drunk people, you got everybody else. It's pretty easy. Um, and then I'm, I'm notorious for being lighthanded. So I, I, I try to save people pain and I work fast. So between light-handed and working fast, I can usually get pretty much anybody at least accustomed to what's going on pretty quickly. And then the rest of the time, it's a whole lot of mental prep while you talk through them. Um, I have I have this little thing I say to people before their first tattoo every time, and uh, it gets a chuckle out of them. And generally, generally, all you need to do is get to get them to laugh. If you can get them to laugh, most people can make it through about anything. 
Um, and so my my lifetime of talking and humor based, you know, self degradation and whatever has uh, saved me on that one. But the, the phrase is, here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to do a small line to let you see how it's going to feel. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you how it feels. You're going to tell me it hurts. And then we're going to keep going. And about every time after that, someone, they, they giggle and you, you just go on because, you know, they realize at that point, you can't, you can't go back. No, it's you, done. You I mean, you can't, you can't have... <laughs> yeah. And so uh, those little simple things, getting people to realize, you know, it's going to happen, then it'll be over. Uh, most people usually get through it pretty easy. So. You, you said right before the show, you're colorblind, right? Um, mm-hmm. How does it affect your work then as a tattoo artist? It, it's great unless you want anything blue. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so most of the time, most of the time uh, my colorblindness has little to no effect. Um, again, I went to school for... That's what he said, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I went to school and did my entire uh, entire associate's degree in art. And uh, mm. it's called studio art, which is just basically a fancy way of saying I know colors now. Uh, but it's realistically, it's all about color theory is the majority of what you do. Uh, color theory, understanding art history, and then how to uh, apply art history to doing new pieces of art. Um, so my color blindness is called is referred to as color disassociative. It's a lot like uh, face blindness, mm-hmm. but for colors. So I I can see colors. I can't tell you what the color is. Like my brain has no has no memory of what each color is specifically outside of hot or cold. So I can see warm tone, cold tone. That's about all my brain remembers. And then from there, I can reference it back. Uh, But the part that saves me is all my bottles are labeled. So I know what every color is, so it doesn't hurt my feelings. Um, And then from there, it's all about color matching because I can always always make any color look like whatever color it needs to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. did, did all the all these jobs you said like before you know you you had so many jobs before like and so yep. so different jobs um would you say that it helped you in point of who you are as a businessman today because i mean the way you're going with your tattoos and the streaming looks like you well you set goals in your life and you just you know walk through yeah i am i am definitely one of those like workaholic style people I don't know. I find a lot of value in, in completing tasks and I find a lot of value in um, doing what I'm supposed to be doing and doing it well. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's it's generally been one of those things that I've always done a lot in my life. So I started working when I was 15. I worked at McDonald's and I was a manager the day I turned 16. Like they were like, when, as soon as you're old enough to be a manager, you're a manager now. And then I helped open one of the stores uh, local to me as a manager for them. I managed inventory. I did count. I did part scheduling. I did payouts. I did uh, I did the money for the end of the evening. Like I I learned to do all of it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you were wanting a business, basically. Yeah, and so I've always been about about three steps further into whatever business I'm doing than I should be. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing when I was serving, um, I ended up doing the serving and then bartending, which is basically just about being a floor manager. And then when I left that location, I actually did end up being a server bartender and floor manager at another restaurant. And so there was, I mean, at that same restaurant, I learned how to make sushi from the chefs. Like 
I, I attempt to learn anything from any part of the business that I'm working in because I feel like if I'm going to be there, I need to know how to do it. Uh, and so, yeah, the, I don't know. I have a bit of a, of a perfectionist view on anything I'm going to do. If I'm going to be doing it, I'm going to, if I'm going to be doing it, I need to do it well and I need to know how to do all of it. Uh, so that did definitely help. It helped a lot uh, when I started streaming because it no longer became, you know, oh, that's good enough. You know, it was always about like, I like that. I can do it better. So just keep doing it better every day. Do you have a team like on on uh, on the tattoo side and the streaming side, like uh, under you, work for you, with you, or are you always alone? Uh, I start, uh, I tattoo primarily by my, I mean, by myself. Uh, I work at a, at a shop. We have, there's six of us. And I work for one of my friends who actually is one of the guys who I first met when I started tattooing. And so it's my buddy, Danny. He owns the shop here in Knoxville. Uh, it's Ambition Tattoo. He runs all of the, he runs the tattoo convention for Knoxville and then three other locations. So he also is an overachiever. So it's, which is why we get to, we get along extremely well. He also runs a dive shop, like a, like a surf and dive shop actually mm -hmm. next door to the tattoo shop. So he's running two businesses while I run two businesses. And so we, we understand each other perfectly on this one because we both refuse to stop working. It seems, uh, <laughs> But yeah, so I, I work with him. I work in the mornings and then he works in the evenings and we both kind of do the the thing where we just try to watch and make sure everybody gets everything they need. So I kind I halfway work as a I would almost say a manager. It's not an official manager managerial position, but if people have questions or needs, they'll generally ask me for it because I've been there the longest at that shop with him. At this point, yeah, I think I am the longest running employee that he has still. So Uh, yeah, and so most of the time, uh, I kind of run the morning, and he kind of runs the evening time. So, yeah, no, I see. No, but that's good. I mean, if if you have somebody you can work together and you have the same mindset, definitely helps, I guess, right? Yeah. Oh, it, it helps a lot. I I was wondering, like, um, uh, if you get a major tattoo, you can be like, it, it could last for hours, right? You could have somebody there oh, yeah. like for six hours, right? Like, yeah. Was there ever a point where you where somebody has started like a really awkward conversation with you while you were tattooing? <laughs> you know, um, like, like, so stop talking. I can't work. <laughs> we are we, we as tattoo artists, we're like we're similar to how bartenders are, where people get people get drunk and they want to tell you really awkward stuff, like mm -hmm. way more than they ever should. Uh, and then you take that layer and then you add that you're hurting them on top of it. And then all barriers are just gone. Like mm -hmm. I have heard more things about people than I would ever care to know. Like mm -hmm. they'll start telling me a story. I'm like, I'm just trying to do this flower. I don't know why you're telling me this. <laughs> like I'm waiting for the day where I'm like tattooing something and the guy's like, and then someone's like, I killed a man. I'm like, I don't tell me that. Yeah. I don't want to know this. Oh no! Like I, I don't, I don't need this information. Too but much yeah, information. No. Yeah, and so frequently, yeah, people will tell me a lot more than I ever bargained to know. Yeah, I like, believe that. I believe that. I mean, they're under pain. They're lying there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's probably opening something. Yeah. Oh, that's It's, super, super interesting. Um, I, I remembered actually. You said once in your stream. I think I asked you where you're from and you said Tennessee, right? Mm -hmm. so, yeah, right. Tennessee. And I, and I said, um, I, I love, I love the dialect. Where's your dialect? And you said like, I had to get rid of because business people w wouldn't take me seriously. Yeah. 
And Very true. And I knew exactly what you were talking about, but then on the other hand, it makes me sad, you know, because yeah. it's so, why, you know? And I was wondering, like, can you give us a, like an example of a situation you came around <laughs> because of language? So my favorite, my favorite example. Um, so obviously I, I live in, e in the Eastern section of Tennessee. That's Knoxville. Uh, we are in in between two sections of mountains. Also, I like to refer to them as the as the butt crack of the Tennessee mountains because we're right in the middle of it. So surrounded on both sides of the Appalachian Mountains. And um, if you go just outside of Knoxville, you start getting into areas with people who don't have electricity. They live in well, they live off well water. Uh, they go to uh, areas with like candlelit schools. Like it, 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 it really reverts backwards pretty quickly as far as technologically goes. Uh, and a lot of them still really smart, but of course they sound a lot like this. And so that's one of those things that people hear that and they're like, oh, no, that's not good. But uh, I have family who live all throughout the States. And so my grandmother lives in, lives in uh, Hawaii which is I went down there and I did construction for about three months. I worked, I lived with them. My grandfather was building their house because mm -hmm. um, he, he's an architectural engineer from, uh, from California. And so he's building their house. Uh, and I agreed that I would come stay with them. I would come stay with them and work at the construction site and they would just let me stay there, you know? So it's a pretty good deal. Mm -hmm. And they paid me and all that stuff like that. So, you know, I had food and I had money and I could vacation for three months, but I still got to work. So I, I was down, I was down in, in Hawaii and I'm hanging out on one of the beaches. And, and of course I'm probably, I think 16 at the time, which means I still have a little bit more Southern accent than I normally do. And the word y'all comes out still every so often. Um, and so someone, someone on the beach is with me. It's one of the people I had met that day. And I believe I'd said something about y'all and they go, where are you from? I was like, oh, uh, I'm from Tennessee. I'm just visiting for the summer and doing some construction work for my grandparents. And they go, oh, do you all have shoes? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm look, I look at my feet. And I'm like, I'm, I'm wearing them. And of course, I am, I am sarcastic as can be. And I go, nah, I, I bought these at the, at the airport. I, someone said I might need them. <laughs> and and at that point they just looked at me like oh okay and I'm like what like how is this how is this your thought like I'm not supposed to have shoes like I have a lot of shoes I just I'm on the beach I'm not wearing shoes on the beach why would I do this like I'm wearing the sandals I brought like but yeah it's one of those moments that like people people only have this one idea that if you're from Tennessee, it, it's the Jack Daniels, Dolly Parton thing with no shoes and banjos. And if you hear the, if you hear the banjo music, you paddled too far. Like mm -hmm. that's about what you get out of us. Uh, but yeah, far too often, far too often with that. Yeah, it's funny how our beliefs, you know, how, how triggered we, we are many times, no, oh, yeah. because we see the world, we see the world, you know, it's, um, and I mean, we all have our views. I mean, you have your view. I have my view, right? Mm -hmm. And um, to being not judgmental, I think it's it's quite a, well, it's uh, quite a right in life, you know? Right. Yeah, uh, I, uh, 
I mean, Sorry? I love it. I love going different places because uh, the moment anything Southern comes out of me, it that's that it starts spiraling. People, people love love it. It's great. Mm -hmm. I don't wait, Big Sam. What are you saying? You do love stereotypes. Sad people are trying to cancel that. Dollywood. What did yeah. I miss? <laughs> Dollywood. Yeah, Dollywood. Uh, Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton ah, has, yeah, a, yeah, has yeah. a uh, has a theme park here called Dollywood, and it is it is so southern. It is <laughs> it's it's hilarious. It's stereotypically southern too. So, mm -hmm. I mean, for me, every every accent is different, right, from Germany. But I don't know. I just like the the tone, and it's like a sing sang, you know. Mm -hmm. People talk from Tennessee, and I just love that. So many shows actually I watched because I wanted to hear that um, accent. So I, I found out that around the world, sub, the Southern male accent is actually pretty sought after. And I didn't realize that that was, that was one of those ones that people like to hear because if, in the U.S., no nobody. Yeah, 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 nobody, yeah. right? Yeah, and then uh, I, I've watched so many things. It's like apparently it's really, really loved in Japan, and it's really loved in like Australia. Uh, Japan loves it because they love the cowboy culture. Like mm -hmm. they love, they love uh, the 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 boots and the hats and the and the bolo ties and all that. And so it's one of those things that like I don't know. I grew up so long knowing that people were just going to just not take me uh, seriously, sounding southern. To just find out that half the world loves loves the way that my voice would normally sound. So, mm -hmm. where where have you been? Um, everywhere, like um, uh, you said, Japan, Europe. Uh, I I have I have not so been far. to Japan. I have I have a lot of friends who have uh, been, so they, they oh, talk okay. about have... all the people loving it. Um, I've been to uh, Hawaii and California. I've been I've been over all around the U.S. I've been to like Montreal, Canada. I've been to mm -hmm. Stockholm, Sweden. I was in Germany for about an hour and a half in your airport. It was wonderful. <laughs> yeah, um, that's the best. <laughs> yeah. You uh, saw a pretzel. <laughs> yeah. uh, I walked around and tried to find a, ma uh, a, a magnet because my wife collects magnets. And so it was me and her there. And so we're just sitting in the airport trying to find magnets and water. So um, I've been, my family's from, uh, from up in Detroit. So that's Michigan. It's about as almost as north as you get in the U.S., and then uh, all all over the U.S. for the most part. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, let me let me bring another question from uh, Bosch quick yeah. here. Um, he said, "Fire starters." Wait, um, you are without no doubt one of the most fun streamers to watch because of the talent and knowledge you um, of the game you stream, but also in how you interact with everyone that comments in your live streams. If you could pick up one amazing moment of interaction with you and your streamers, what would that be? One a amazing, question. Thanks, Bosch. One amazing moment of me and the and the streamers, or me and people I if stream you could, with. Yeah, he, he said if you could pick um, pick out one moment of interaction with your streamers, what would that be? I actually have one moment in my head right now with you and Broken. Oh yeah. Um, I'd love to hear it. And I I just remembered like it was um. Like, I mean, if you, if you watch streamers, you know, from my perspective, especially because I knew we would do an interview, I was looking like, you know, how the way I, as he said, are you interacting with your chat and everything? And also with Broken, your co-streamer in that part. And it was a scene, um, you, you died in the Gulag and Broken was alone. 
you were at military base and there's this little firehouse and there was a tower and mm -hmm. Broken was in the tower and he just came back, had nothing. He had, a, I think, one stupid gun, not even a plate, nothing. Yeah. And he got nervous and you was just sitting there and I said, like, it's all good, Broken. You got this. What do you have to lose? <laughs> <laughs> you know? And he was yep. so nervous. But somehow he, he got out of that situation. I think he ran to Lambro, bought you back, and you actually won the game in the end. But you were talking him down in such a nice way and give, giving him, like, you know, um, the coolness to move on and, and fight his way through, you know? Yeah, yeah. And um, I think you guys really work really good together, and, and, and I love that. Like, uh, you guys really play with in synergy, you know? I, I love Broken. He's great. He uh he is really he's really cool headed like I am too. So most of the time, most mm -hmm. anything that we can do, I mean, both of us are are like, we really would hate if we could get rid of these hackers now. But no, uh, <laughs> most what of the hackers? time, a lot of what we do uh, is all all just you know we're we're just trying to have fun. Like we're always just trying to have fun, and and we we do we get our wins in there for sure. But yeah, it's it's all about it's all about having fun with each other. So, mm -hmm. uh, getting to work with Broken, I mean, he's he's a super easy guy to work with because he does have that that super comfortable, easygoing talking time. But when he he knows when it's time to fight in the game, it's time to fight too. So you get to you get to have a lot of fun with that. Uh, but then I see that Bosch says viewers, not streamers. So I think he hit the wrong key on you. But, all right. As far as one of my favorite moments uh, dealing with viewers concern, uh, we had an amazing event back in Battlefield 1 where we, uh, where myself and a couple other streamers as well all banded together to do a breast cancer charity drive for one of the other fellow streamers in the Battlefield category. Uh, her name's California Girl, and she got oh, diagnosed yeah, with breast cancer. That was yeah, and so. So we all worked together to kind of under the table organize this event for her. And so we did it. I think it was either like 24 or 48 hours of streaming just specifically around that idea. And uh, if you've That's ever amazing. met Callie, she is amazingly sweet. And if you ever meet her in person, she's also amazingly short. So it makes it even more fun because you just you always want to just hug her because she's just so cute and so awesome. Uh, but she <laughs> was diagnosed with breast cancer. And it was one of those things that like, it was, it was no question. It was like, there was no question in our mind is like, we're doing something. Uh, and it was, it was just so great to get to, to actually put that together. Cause she didn't know what was going on. And just all of a sudden it was an entire day dedicated to, to her. And I'm sure, you know, especially in moments where like, that's, that's terrifying news. Like even in, even in your, even if you had millions, millions and millions of dollars at your disposal, and you had all the best doctors, there is no way you take that news lightly. Like, mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a scary moment. Like, that is one of those moments where you're like, oh, man, this is, this is real stuff. And it's not, like, it's not like she is, like, one of these, like, big na famous names like Ninja or, you know, Dr. Lupo or somebody like that where, you know, a, a million random people would just come to your aid because someone someone knows you like she was an integral part of our community whether she realized that or not mm -hmm. and so it was it was such an honor to get a chance to like to do something for somebody we knew in there in such a in such a scary moment uh and i think that will always remain as one of my favorite moments in streaming because it was it was the first time i ever got a chance 
to take something that I'd because by that time in streaming, I had been streaming for almost almost four years. Mm-hmm. And I had never had an opportunity like that to actually utilize my platform to try to better somebody's life. I knew like every day someone comes in, they're like, oh, you make my day so much better. You know, you make me laugh or whatever. And, you know, it's it's really easy to accept that and be like, oh, yeah, cool. Thank you so much. But that was the first time I ever was like, this is this is something that I'm doing that can do do good. It can do more than just a giggle a day or, you know, de-stress me on the end of my day because I get to play video games rather than worrying about misspelling someone's tattoo. It was it was a moment where um it felt like I was doing something great with it. So like it was that that's that's when I think I realized how much everything that we were doing was worth something. So do you think we need more events like this in general within communities? I think that Well then... let's take it away maybe a little bit from the cancer side, from the charity side. Like yeah, in no, general for sure in general, like, um, where you feel you have like an impact to the community for the community. I think that anybody who has a platform to be able to do something, uh, no matter, no matter if it's for a good moment or to, you know, to help take care of a bad moment or anything like that. If you have a platform to help people's day, I think you should. Mm -hmm. I think, I think it's, it's probably, probably best to try to do what you can with what you have i see like when when you stream me you're streaming once a week you do community events i think right every saturday you play with um your supporters yeah. and I, pull them in and um play games together right yeah every it's every other saturday right now and uh with our numbers that we have so that way that you know it doesn't become an oversaturated event and of course as the numbers grow we'll we'll continue to add more days to it but yeah it's and um, a large a large part of it, I know, is uh, they they look at it as a value to them, like that that's part of what they're paying for. Mm-hmm. But it, a large por- portion of portion of it is for me as well because I want to get to know them better. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I can have a, a greater a greater idea of who they are and what they are and what they're going on through with their lives yeah. to try to help them with like you know in chat they'll come in they'll be like hey my life is. Uh, my life's crazy right now, you know, like for me, I'm having a kid. So, if, but if I found mm-hmm. out one of my, one of my supporters that having a kid, you know, that's something I can ask him about during the day. Exactly. I can actually, I can, it gives me, it gives me the moment to, I want to humanize them because one of the biggest fears as a streamer, as you get larger is a disconnect from your community. Um, I've seen it. I've seen people be like, oh, that streamer doesn't care about anything about what their community, about who's in their community, who's watching. They just care about the number and whether they're getting money. Yeah. And I, I never want that to be a concern with me. I never want someone to feel like, oh, he doesn't care about mm-hmm. what I'm here doing. And so those moments, they get, it gives me a moment to really get to know these people, these people that not only are just like, that are giving, obviously, yes, they are supporting the channel, they're giving money, but they're spending their time. You know, everybody at one point in their life probably had $5, but not yeah. everybody in their, at, at any moment in their life has that five minutes to, to actually dedicate to watching you. And so that time that they're willing to spend with you is more important than any five bucks that they'll ever give you. And mm-hmm. so I want them to at least know that like, I, I recognize and I appreciate the fact that they're, they're spending their time. They could be doing anything else, but they're with me. And so it's great. How did you get started with uh, streaming though? When, when did that start? I think you said like 14 years ago to two, like, was it, yeah. 
I mean, it also takes a little, well, a little bit of time till you actually can live, you know, off streaming. Right. So, oh yeah, it, it took, it's taken a long time. Um, so I started streaming, I think it's six years now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was about six years ago. Um, it'll be six years next month. So I started streaming. Um, so the first thing I had a friend who moved from Ohio down here to Tennessee to live with me to, for a little, little bit, a little bit to get away from some family situations that he was dealing with. He was having a hard time. He was a little depressive. Uh, he was one of my really good friends. Uh, I offered my, my house to him so that he could come and stay so he could kind of get his head straight. And I, uh, at the time the shop I was working with had got bought out from underneath us and then closed. And so I wasn't working at the time. And I was the number one marksman rifle user in the world on Battlefield 4. And so I only used the DMRs all the time. Everybody hated me. It was great. And so <laughs> I, I would wake up and I would come downstairs because I, I have a split for your house. So all my wife owns the upstairs. I own this one room in the basement, mm -hmm. um, like good men should. And so I <laughs> decided that... Uh, the good old like, basement. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I, I've got a sign over. It says, uh, be in man cave if you need me. Uh, but so I, uh, I would come downstairs and he would, he would be down here, down here on my couch and he'd be watching on his phone and I'd hear voices and I'd be like, I walk up and be like, you watching YouTube. He's like, no, I'm watching Twitch. I'm like, what's that? He's like, you don't know what Twitch is. And so he introduced me to Twitch. Uh, the first person I ever watched was uh, lyric and he played Arma three and they were doing all this role play stuff. And I was like, mm -hmm. Ah, I don't know about that. And so I would go back to playing Battlefield 4 and continue keeping my number one spot on there. And so I, uh, uh, I, every morning I would wake up, I would come down, see what he was doing. I'd watch for about 10 minutes and then it was 20 minutes and then it was an hour and then it was two hours. And then it got to the point where in the morning I wasn't even playing games anymore. I was just watching someone play <laughs> games. And I was like, oh man, I've been totally sucked into this. <laughs> and um he I have to like, make other people suck into that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. He was like, you should really do this because he watched Twitch all the time and he, mm -hmm. he played games. He played games with me, but he didn't play nearly as much as he watched. And I was like, ah, no one wants to talk to me. No one wants to see me do this. He's like, you're the number one marksman rifle in the world. He's like, someone wants, wants to see you do this. Mm -hmm. He's like, you get hate messages all the time. And I did. I did because people are like, you're cheating. I'm like, I'm not cheating. I'm on controller. I don't know how to do this. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was like, fine, I'll do it. And so I started, I started streaming straight from my PlayStation mm -hmm. and because it was the PlayStation 5 and you could just load up a stream. You just start streaming. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Everybody's going to be super excited to watch me shoot people with this gun. And I'm number one in the world. No one showed up. It was awful. Uh, and it, <laughs> I, That's I how we I, all start. <laughs> yeah, but I, I had no idea of how, mm -hmm. how it worked. And so I, I streamed probably eight hours a day, seven days a week for probably two months before I ever got like one person actively talking to me. Mm -hmm. PS5. Sorry, broken PS4. Yeah, I heard that too, uh, but so, I thought like, nah, everyone got so, it. <laughs> uh, he's on to me. That's how, that's how he knows. Um, and so I, uh, and so finally I had one viewer and I was super excited. I was like, mm -hmm. I was like, oh man, electric skateboard. Thanks for being here, man. I hope you're doing well. And then like a month later, some I was talking to I was talking to, to, to <laughs> someone else who had joined in chat and I was talking to an electric skateboard. And someone else comes in, he goes, Who are you talking to? I'm like, electric skateboard. And he's like, you 
you know that's a bot, right? <laughs> so I've, I've been streaming for a month <laughs> to a bot, <laughs> electric skateboard, who was over here collecting my data for Twitch. And I'm talking to him for eight hours a day. And so at this point, I'm just so defeated that I've been talking to a bot that I quit streaming for a month. <laughs> I'm like, it's over. Like, my career is over. We're not doing this no more. I can't be here. And so I was like, I'm I'm done. I'm done with this. And so, and so I'm, I, I'm like, uh, finally, my friend's like, oh, are you going to keep streaming again? And I was like, oh, I don't know, man. This, this just isn't for me. Well, uh, this, uh, I, sent, I sent some messages to a Battlefield community called... Uh, don't revive me bro and they finally wrote back to me they're like oh we would love to talk to you about your dmr stuff and i was like oh, okay cool so that's something <laughs> so i started working with them a little bit and they're like yeah well you know you should he's like you should probably stream still if it's something you wanted to do i was like okay cool and the, his name's chris he's chris anderson he actually works at uh works with on halo now mm -hmm. so he's one of their community guys over at i guess that's 343 now right yeah and so <laughs> Uh, he's an amazing dude. He's, he's Canadian. So, you know, he's really sorry about this conversation. And so one of the biggest things is like, they, he was like, you should really just do it. So I just kept doing it. And then they introduced me to a, some people at, uh, called clan lucky strike. And that's uh Trey Schwartz who used to run Design by humans, uh, mm -hmm. the clothing company. And he didn't do any of that at that time. Uh, but, and so they were a competitive team and he's like, we need some more people for battlefield. And I was like, okay, cool. And so I joined them. And so I kept streaming through all this and slowly I had like two or three people watching me a day. Was that your first uh, like connection to competitive, the competitive yeah, was, scene? Yeah. yeah it okay. was the, well, that was my first battlefield connection. The first time I was ever doing anything competitively, I streamed, or I competed on a team called I am legend. Uh, and they were a competitive team for Rainbow Six Vegas and Vegas 2. Mm -hmm. okay. And so Vegas was the first competitive stuff I ever did. But I did competitive stuff for Vegas, Vegas 2, uh, Halo 2, Halo 3, Call of Duty 4, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Black Ops. And there's something else in there, too, that probably doesn't matter. Uh, but it was just a, I played a bunch of games. I did competitive for all the like game, the game battles ladders and stuff like that. So I made a little bit of money here and there, never enough for it to matter. I was never a professional at that point. But, um, but yeah, so Lucky Strike was the first one that was like a, an actual competitive team that like had representatives. They had like the number one team for, um, the last of us's incur or whatever multiplayer version thing was for that. And so that team got invited out to the PlayStation Expo in Vegas and Trey gave me the tickets and I went out there and I did the PlayStation Expo too and got to meet a lot of cool people. And through all of that, because, you know, half of life is showing up. If you have the work ethic to show up to things, you do tend to go places. And so I met a bunch of people there and then uh, I got invited to perform or to do like a competitive tournament uh, for the game Evolve. I don't know if you remember that one. But it was yeah, an asymmetrical oddly. shooter, yeah, versus monster versus four hunters. Mm -hmm. uh, and I got invited to do a main stage uh, competitive show at PAX East uh, with people like uh, Summit, Actabunny, Fufu, all mm -hmm. these gigantic named Twitch streamers. And I had like I had like forty five followers at this point, and I'm I'm like ah, I don't know. I guess I guess I'm gonna go do it. And so <laughs> I went to PAX. They paid for my flight. They paid for my food. 
Um, I got invited to the big 2K party and I got to meet all these developers and I got all this, like all this crazy treatment. I had no idea what I was doing. Like mm-hmm. I was, I was a garbage streamer at the time. Like I was really bad at it still. And I, I was like, this is, this is going to be my life. This is what I'm going to do. I was like, I need to do this. I needed to be at these events. I need to meet these people. Like this is the coolest thing I've ever done with my life. Mm-hmm. And so I came back and it was April. I think it I think at that point was like 2015. I think that's right. I think that's the six. Yeah. And so it was like the end of April, 2015. And I'm like, I'm doing this. Like, this is, this is it. This is what I'm doing. And from on there, I've been streaming uh, five to seven days a week for the the, like five years that I've been doing it now. So you started on Twitch, right? I started on Twitch. Um, I actually tried to stream to YouTube first, but the YouTube wouldn't work very well on, uh, on my, because I was trying to stream from the PS4, but use this like, it's like kind of cheaper uh, capture card to stream it to, and I couldn't get it to work. I couldn't, I couldn't get it to work. I couldn't stream to YouTube, and then I realized that I could stream straight from the PS4 to uh, to Twitch, and I was like, "That's where we're going." And so, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was crazy. And when was the turnaround? When was the turning point for you to have more like forty-five followers and one viewer named? It was that broken. The bot? It was that one. <laughs> the the hodgepodge yeah uh and so uh yeah so my turning point was i was playing i was playing uh well battlefield hardline had finally come out and nobody liked it i -hmm. love the game but nobody like you know the community nobody liked it um and so i was like this last man standing sort of situation where people were like well we like him we don't like this game. And then there's all these new people coming over that were like, we like this game, but we don't know who he is. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I remember the moment where I was like, I've made it. And it's really silly now because uh, I, with Broken, we play with people like Jack and Westy and I play with Stodd and all those other Battlefield guys that like, if you say Battlefield, they're the faces. Like mm-hmm. you hear Battlefield, you see like Broken, you see Jack, you see Stodd, you see Westy, uh, all those guys. And I was playing Hardline, and I'm playing. I'm streaming straight from this PS4, and I've got the PS camera, and my quality is garbage. And I'm playing Hardline, and I'm on the map where it's like all water, and it's like all these islands, and there's like a drug cartel building in the middle. And I can never. I think it's like Riptide. And uh, someone from Don't Revive Me, Bro sends me a message and I see it pop up in the top right corner of one of my monitors that's not on the stream, but it just pops up in the, it pops up in the top corner and uh, it says, Hey, don't act strange, but Jack is watching your stream right now. And so Jack frags is in my channel. And I guess they know because they're looking at the viewer list oh, that, yeah, of who's yeah. watching. And so at that point, I think I had like, I had like 35 people watching the stream, which was astronomical to me. Like it blew my mind that I could have that many people watching. And then all of a sudden it's Jack Frags is watching your stream. And I'm like, oh God, no, please don't do this to me. (laughs) Like (laughs) I need to still be cool right now while this is happening. And I, I was like, I was like, someone somewhere has told him to watch this. There's no reason he's just like wandered into my stream. And, and so at that point, I was like, someone in the community has recognized that I, that I exist. 
And so that from from that point forward, I had a little bit more like faith in myself that I was an actual streamer. And then not too not too much long after that, I started streaming for the Battlefield stream team, which was put mm-hmm. together by Jeff yeah. Braddock. Everybody knows Braddock if you're in the Battlefield world because mm-hmm. he is the most infectious person ever. I love him. If I could keep a pocket Braddock right beside me all the time, I would. He is <laughs> such a good dude. He really gives he really cares about everybody that's going on around him. But um he sent me a message and he goes, Hey, I know you're streaming. He's like, he's like, I know, I know you've been streaming. He's like, I've got an idea if you want to be part of it. And I was like, okay, cool. What is it? He's like, I'm going to make a Battlefield stream team. I was like, I'm in. He's like, I didn't told you anything else about it. I'm like, I'm in. I'm, like, I'm doing this. <laughs> and so from there, it was me and uh, Mugs and Lala, uh, Grizzle, and mm-hmm. a few other people, uh, one whose name was Adonis. And there was one other person I feel like, oh, no, it was later on because we, we did adopt, we did bring in quite a few of the EU people uh, like Vitney um, and I just love Vitney. He was a really cool dude. Um, we have Prolosco. Prolosco is amazing too. You would probably know him because he's out there near Italy. So he's one, he's one of the best pilots. I don't actually. Okay. So he's an Prolosco. amazing pilot. Uh, he's mm-hmm. a heli pilot. He's amazing. Prolosco. He's mm-hmm. great. You should check him out. Mm-hmm. Um and so uh, he brought us in, and so we started just streaming for the channel. And that was the moment that I, that I really started working on my ability to talk to chat because I knew, well, first off, working in a tattoo shop is not great for your vocabulary because you cuss like a sailor because that's the people you're around. And so as soon as I started streaming for, for the Battlefield Stream Team, Braggs, like, I love you. Your energy's great. Uh, you can't say bad words on our channel. I was like, well, okay. And so (laughs) I can't do this. I gotta, uh, okay. And so I started having to figure out ways to talk around that. And so I just got to the point where I just focused so heavily on chat and on what I was saying that I I just kind of toned out more and more of my profane language that I was so used to saying at the moment. Um, And so uh, I think one of the, like one of the like third streams I ever did uh, it was like six or 700 people watching me because they were like, new Battlefield game? Because Hardline had been out for a while. Battlefield 1 hadn't been released yet. And so uh, everybody was just like on the cusp of waiting for this new title. Mm-hmm. And so now I have this like, this crazy amount of people talking to me. And I'm like, well, I want to play the game, but these people are all asking questions. And I knew for a fact that, I need, I was supposed to talk to them. And so at this point I started doing it with my really fast talking voice. And I just really want to talk about what they're saying. And I want to talk about what they're saying. Oh yeah, we got that right there. And so I immediately became like, like an auctioneer. Yeah. And I realized I could start talking really fast to everybody and reading chat while still gaming. And that was I saw, probably... I saw you doing that before. You, you really can't talk that fast and playing the game, which is yeah. crazy for me. Yeah. And so at that point I, I realized my superpower was dealing with way too much stuff. Like way too much stuff at once. Sensory overload. It was a it was a mess, and um, I just I just rolled hard into that. I just I just at that point I was like, I'm gonna be the guy who says everything. It doesn't matter what's going on. I'm gonna talk to every person that walks into this chat. And man, yeah. Uh, I'm always thinking of you now. Like, are you the clear-minded samurai in the battlefield? Try you to know? be. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you I always. Tr- oh, sorry. Please oh, yeah, go no, ahead. I was just saying. Yeah, I always, I always try to look at everything in what uh, the in the best in the best way of trying to perceive it, in this in the easiest way of trying to go about it. Uh, I try not to look at things in such a negative light because if you spend so much time dealing with like what's going wrong, you forget to capitalize on the things that are going right. And it becomes, it becomes kind of self damning at that point. Um, you know, if you, if you think about, if you think about all, if only thing you think about is bad stuff, you just keep digging yourself a hole and it's so much harder to get out of if you refuse to look at, you know, some of the good things going around on you. So. Were you always a positive in your life or did you have a, had a turnaround there as well? 